Anna Rosa Parker. And I'm Daniel Lamb, and this is Artist Inclusive, the podcast for ambitious artists who want to find clarity, community, and creative success. So, hi, Shinga. Hi, Daniel. <laughs> it's been a minute. Like, a maybe minute. two. Maybe two. <laughs> so, this week we have the, the privilege, the opportunity, and the really a great time interviewing Embla. Um, and, uh, I certainly got a lot out of the conversation, um, really learned a lot about, you know, sort of a contrast to my own energetic approach to work and life. And I know that you have a few things to say as well. So, um, you know, what can people look forward to and you know, why are you excited about this conversation? Right. So to be, you know, in all transparency, uh, Embla's Fain's daughter, Isinger, I didn't use her married name during the podcast, uh, is married to the, the editor of the podcast uh, and my stepdaughter and Honorosa's daughter. Uh, and it, it wasn't, I purposefully left that out because I really wanted to give Embla the, the platform to talk about what she wanted to talk about and how she wanted to talk about it. And it's fascinating. I, I know this person uh, pretty well, and there were things in there that we hadn't talked about so specifically. And to hear her take on it as, you know, everybody younger than me is young, but as, as a young person in the world is, uh, gives me hope for the future. Yeah. Hope for the future is, is hard to come by lately too, just with all the really horrific things going on in our culture. So it is refreshing to see, you know, people who are living, um, by a different code as it were from the yeah. path. Yeah. Yeah, used to be hopeful about the the cookie with sprinkles. The whole thing was great. Now you can be hopeful that just the icing, maybe just a little bit of the icing is going to be good. Yeah, like maybe one of the sprinkles isn't poison. Right. And and what I think really got into strategies and uh, ways of of protecting oneself against the ever-changing, not-so-hopeful world all the time. Yeah, I, I was really struck by the idea that, you know, remembering that we have a choice as to how much we engage with stimuli in our environment, you know, mm-hmm. conversations, media, activities, yeah. you know, and, and knowing our own limits. That was really, yeah. you know, enlightening to hear about. Yeah. Uh, and you know what, Daniel, I think the last thing that people want to hear about is us droning on about a very interesting interview. Yes. Yeah, so with that... Here we go. This is uh, terrific um, be co-hosting with Daniel and to invite our honored guest, uh, Embla Svein's daughter. Um, thank you for Hi. deciding to do this, agreeing to do this, and welcome to the Artist Inclusive Podcast. Thank you so much. Yeah, we're super glad you're here. Okay, so... Let's get down to it. Um, So, Embla, for listeners who don't know who you are yet, uh, can you give us a bit of an intro to who you are, what you do? I call this the the mid-movie montage version of your story. Sure, yeah. Um, I am, my name is Embla, and I am an Icelandic makeup artist in New York City. I also do uh, styling for commercials and production shoots, and I like to work in film also, so... Yeah, do anything like makeup, styling related, anything in those fields, really. 
And where, okay, so how, so why? <laughs> like, why am I a makeup artist? Yeah, what drew you to that? Um, well, I think I always knew that I wasn't going to be working at a desk job. I think I knew that from like a way too young of an age. And I always knew that I wanted to work with my hands. I know that when I was younger, I said I wanted to be a fashion designer. Um, so I think that kind of draws into the aspect of just wanting to create something. I didn't, I wasn't quite sure what it was. Um, it took me a while to kind of find that niche. I had always really loved doing makeup um, and had done that on, you know, family and stuff for weddings when I was little, things like that. And then I realized I could actually make it into a career and make money off of it. So that was cool. Mm -hmm. So the, the styling and makeup, I know sometimes they go hand in glove, sometimes they're separate. Um, where do you see that going leading to? Is it more of the same, doing that same job on larger and larger projects? Do you see, I don't know, running a studio at some point? think I see myself running a studio. I definitely see myself doing bigger projects in the future, but I don't know. I almost, I never really think of the future too much, to be honest. Maybe that's a fault of mine, but I'm kind of like a, uh, and I hate this saying, but happy go lucky. I truly feel that way. Like I just kind of let things play out as they will um, and I know you definitely do have to hustle in this industry, but it's also very much of like a word of mouth and who you know. Um, and I feel like I, I know a lot of people in the city that help me get booked for other jobs and stuff like that. So, yeah, just as long as I'm working in, in some sort of studio production or film, then I'm, I'm happy. Can I ask the, that idea of, the, of happy-go-lucky? I understand it. it uh was probably overused in the 50s um but it, <laughs> it still means something right it, it, it there's a reason why cliches exist they're true or you know these sayings anyway have that same kind of process when you're working on someone i know you there's a specific outcome but the within the process do you try to just let go like that um yeah i think so I think you can't really plan too much when it comes to this field that I'm in because a lot of things can change throughout the day or as um, as a photo shoot goes on, the client will change their mind or or something will just anything, anything really. You kind of have to be ready for whatever it may be. Well, you, you know, you said you don't think too much about the future. You just, you know, that's make decisions i'm rephrasing but you know what makes sense in the moment right yeah and just how much within the creative process do you allow for that or does it help you to set up a certain structure and then this is you know as you're making something on someone yeah no i don't really believe in any structures it's hard to have too many boundaries when you're working in makeup. Like for example, if if I don't have the right color lipstick, I'll 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 make a lipstick out of a cream blush to get that right shade. Like you you can just it's kind of just playing. It's kind of like faking it till you make it, really. Cuz you can use any product and make it into something else if you know how to use it right. So I guess that everything's limitless when it comes to makeup. Yeah. Do you do 3D 
for? Um, yeah, I know, I know how to work with prosthetics and liquid latex and, you know, making scab wounds or bruises or anything like that. Gory, gory stuff. Yeah. I think it's a compliment to say you, you, you do it extraordinarily well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I like to work with blood. Fake blood. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, I one more question, then uh, I'll, let, mm-hmm. I'll let Daniel get a word in ed- edgewise. Uh, um, and that on your on your uh, website, you have a lot of different images of people with wildly different skin tone and mm-hmm. uh, tech hair texture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you and I, you know, have spoken off mic about this. That it was important for you to. Well, why don't you talk about this? Um. Yeah. I mean, I think it's absolutely essential to be able to work on every type of skin tone and um, texture. Um, I don't think you can really call yourself a, a skilled makeup artist if you can't color match any any skin tone. So yeah, I mean, I learned that in school too, the the color matching, but it also came really effortlessly to me. I don't know why. I think colors are just something I can mix really easily. Like in my in my makeup kit, I only really carry mm, like five to six shades and then I just mix them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't carry like 25 to 30 shades for each person. I, I know how to mix them so that it really looks flawless. Yeah. Cool. So I'm wondering, um, what's like the most intensive like process or, you know, project that you've had to work on where, you know, I've heard, you know, we hear these stories of people who are in makeup for eight hours, you know, to get some sort of really complex, you know, look like what's been your experience with like, you know, building, you know, stuff that's a little bit more, I guess on the, the technical or complex side, like, do you have any stories you could share about what that was like? Yeah, I think uh, probably my most intense experience so far was I was working on an indie film. Was, I think it was last October, and it was the last shoot. It was the martini, the martini shot, which is the last shot of a film. And um, it was like a, it was like a love, it was a love scene, but the couple was fighting in the middle of the street, and um, we noticed in that shot that the one of the love interests, he had like a pimple on his face that I had to cover. And it was, I think it was midnight and we're in the middle of the street. And um, the director was down the street with a flag kind of waving down cars to make them stop. And this is in Brooklyn. So we had like 30 cars lined up getting super pissed about trying to get through. They're trying to go home or whatever. And um, the director told me that there was this pimple that I had to cover up really, really quick. So I just ran, I think, up the block to the studio to grab a certain product that I really needed to get this one pimple covered. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I was in the middle of the street in the middle of the night, and it was really intense. Everyone was super tired, and we all just wanted to get out of there and go home. But that pimple must be covered. (laughs) So you you mentioned in your your bio, shifting a little bit here, um, that you were well-traveled. Where would you most like to go back? Hmm. Or you could do a list of all the places you've been. And then oh, gosh. Um, I mean, I've, I've traveled well through Europe and stuff just, you know, from being from Iceland. It's a lot easier to travel to countries in Europe from there. It's kind of like the middle ground of New York, New York and Europe. 
or Iceland is like the middle ground of New York and Europe. But I think I'd most likely like to go back to France or Italy. Um, I'd also like to travel to different continents like Asia. I really want to go to Japan, Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I need to go back somewhere. I don't know if I need to repeat. Maybe once I get through my other destinations, then I'll, I'll go back to places that I love. What is it about Japan, Vietnam that intrigues you? I think it's just so opposite of what I, what I know and what I've experienced. And I like change. I like, I've never been afraid of change really. I think I can adapt pretty easily to situations and I just like, I'd like to see something different and the food food looks so good. Yeah. So a quick point of order. How, how many destinations does one need to travel to, to attain well-traveled status? Oh gosh. (laughs) Mm, You know, I would say just outside of your hometown. I think that's all it takes is just to get out of where you grew up or where you're from. Cause it always depends. It depends on everyone. Some people can't, aren't blessed to be able to, you know, hop on a plane and go to wherever they want. So I think it's just important to at least leave your hometown and get a new experience. That's really good. And it was the spirit of or what you said before that about wanting to go elsewhere because it's so different. It's opposite. Right. And you can find yeah. that anywhere. Well said. <laughs> so what, um, how do you structure your day? You're a freelance artist, yes? Would you consider yourself that? Yes, 100%. Which is euphemism for available for lunch almost any time? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And then periods of time when no one sees you because it's just, you know, wall-to-wall. Exactly. How do you structure your day on those days that, you know, you're in between gigs? Mm, the days that I'm in between gigs are always my reset days. Those are like, I'm going to charge my battery. I need to do my laundry. You know, those are like the days where I just tried to become like a normal human again and just get shit done. House stuff, you know? Yeah. I think that's really important just to like really recharge because being on set for days in a row, it just takes so much out of you because you're around people, you're talking to people, you're catering to people especially when you're working with models and actors and stuff all day, you're really making sure that they feel their best and look their best. That's like the number one, they look their best, but they also got to feel good. And I feel like I kind of play a big role in that. Um, Cause I'm so close to these people all the time, literally in their face, whether I'm getting them dressed or doing their makeup and that it takes a toll on you trying to make people happy all the time. So on those days that I'm off, that's when I make myself happy. By doing laundry. Yeah. I need clean clothes to look good, and then I feel good. It's all a cycle. Virtuous cycle, (laughs) not a vicious cycle. So I was wondering, um, you know, on these long days or back-to-back days when when you are working and you are, you know, in a maybe an energetic deficit, you know, giving and serving other people. What, what are you doing on those days to sort of like stabilize yourself or, you know, do you have any sort of rituals like around work that sort of help you stay on balance or is it, you know, is it more of just like, okay, let's get through this all hands on deck. 
Um, you know, I think what I've learned the most is you don't always need to engage. Like when people are talking and they're, you know, everyone's talking, everyone's talking about like, uh, maybe just, maybe it's just like a TV show, what they were watching on Netflix and, and just like the most basic conversations. And sometimes I, I know exactly what people are talking about and I, you know, have something that I could say, but sometimes I like to just not say anything at all and not engage because then I'm reserving my energy and sometimes it's okay to be quiet. I think a lot of times on set people forget themselves and they're having a lot of fun and, and then also everything takes longer. So I like to just kind of stay to myself, but I'm also super friendly and I'm there for anyone who needs help or questions or things like that. But I'm also kind of quiet. I wouldn't say reserved, but I like to sort of just chill out and, not get too stressed out over things because everything has a resolution. That's my motto. Yeah. Well said. Being selective about what, what we give our energy to. Yeah, exactly. So um, you mentioned doing, doing the laundry and, you know, making yourself, (laughs) you know, feel well on your days off. Do you have any other sort of self care routines or rituals that are important to you? Um, yeah, well, I love hanging out with my dogs. I have two dogs. We love just to walk around the neighborhood. Um, I have a lovely terrace where we grow our own vegetables. I don't have the green thumb, but my husband does. So I'll lay out on the chaise lounge while I watch him garden. And then, um, yeah, I like to cook. I like to cook and I like to bake. I think I'm a pretty good cook. At least my husband says so. He could be lying, though. But I've heard good things no. from other people besides him. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> you're good. And the, 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 the touch around the baking, I, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, baking is fun. So just don't just don't serve this guy any, any raisins. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> no raisins. Yeah. Hey, uh, how about that premiere you just attended of the film you just finished working on? They have... Um, uh, a unique way of, of delivering the content. You want to talk about the company? Yeah, totally. Um, so I just went to the premiere of a film that I did make a bond. It was my first feature film. Uh, that was the movie I was just talking about with the, with the pimple. Um, and it's called, the film is called Lily Darling. It's a romantic comedy about these two teenagers who fall in love in the year 2006 way way back um if you're into punk rock music i totally recommend it it's really really fun and funny and really cute uh yeah it's called lily darling and it's on pure magic pictures which is a streaming service it's uh, an indie streaming service that was started by the production company that created this film I think you said before you have something else with them coming. Oh yeah. We're doing a, this is going to be their third or fourth film. I think it's called the Squatchers. Um, I have not read the script for it yet, but I assume it's about our, our, our friend, our friend Sasquatch that everyone knows and loves and is always trying to find, maybe we'll find him in the film. You'll have to watch it and see. Yeah. It'll be funny if the movie's totally not about Sasquatch, because like I said, I haven't even read the script. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
It's a dog named Quad. Yeah, but the the logo and the title, it, I think I'm 99% positive, so I think I'm safe. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So the other question I had, it goes back a little bit, but I'm I'm curious how you approach someone's face. Like, you look at somebody and, you know, what do you think about, I don't know, how, how do you take it in? It might be a case-by-case, case, might be too broad a question, but... No, I I, just, I I get what you're saying. The first thing I always ask is, you know, are you allergic to anything, any products or scents even? Because you never know. Some people are, like, randomly allergic to the, the fragrance of rose, but they can, they can use it on themselves. They just can't smell. You know, it's, like, random things like that. So it's really important just to assess uh, what people are allergic to because you can get... Um, bad reactions and I don't want to be responsible for anything like that, of course. Um, and then also just people's skin concerns. Some people have really dry skin. Some people are oily. Some people are a mix. And then depending on that, I'll use various products for each skin concern. Um, and then it just also depends on what the project is. If I'm work- working in HD camera or, or if it's a commercial or e-commerce, um, yeah, it sort of just varies. Do you get a, a sense of who they are and let that take a direction, maybe in color or how heavy it is, just based on that interaction, right? What, what are you watching on Netflix? Hmm. Yeah. Um, well, when I'm working on these bigger productions, like commercials and stuff, that it really is the models don't really have much say. It's all really about what the client wants, the, which is the person that's booking the photo shoot. And then if I'm doing like a personal client, then I will let them completely choose how much coverage or if they want full glam or a natural or whatever it is that their heart desires that makes them feel good and look good. Okay. Bit of a curveball. Mm-hmm. Which of the Real Housewives, any franchise you watch, <laughs> has good glam and whose glam do you think it's put on with a bit of a spatula. Oh Lord! Uh, well, I'll, I'll say that um, the makeup artist that works for specifically for Watch What Happens Live, which is um, Andy Cohen's late night show, she is amazing. I forget her name right now, but she's really, really good. She makes everyone look absolutely flawless. So she's like specifically works for Andy. Does all the housewives for watch, watch what happens live. Um, I think she's really good. But if you're talking about like the, the housewives that have the glam come to their home, um, I think Dorit always looks really good. I would say, I don't know. It's hard. I mean, these cameras also have like filters on them. So they look so smooth and flawless all the time when they might have like half an inch, of foundation layered on that we just can't see through the camera. So it's really hard to say. I can only say good things, really. Wow, you notice the (laughs) the makeup on Watch What Happens Live separate and apart. You see that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they always look really good. And always kind of same style. I can can tell that it's the same makeup artist that does it. Why? Okay. (laughs) Uh, I hadn't thought that that was a possibility. I know. That would be like my dream job. To be the makeup artist for Watch What Happens Live or like the confessionals of 
a Real Housewives show. But then I've also heard that it could, it might ruin it for me. Like if I see behind the scenes of these reality shows that I so much love and adore, it might ruin the whole concept for me. So I don't know. Right, 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 right. At some point it becomes work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that kind of idea of being on a show that runs, Mm -hmm. that's, that's appealing. Yes. Very appealing. I would love to do something like that. But then again, I also love what I'm doing now. I mean, I I work at a a studio and our hours are nine to five. I never really imagined that I could work in some sort of production that has nine to five hours. I think that's really nice. Um, But then I also love getting into the nitty gritty of working on a film for two to three weeks straight for six days a week for 15 hours a day. Like it's, it's fun. But then while I'm doing it, I'm like, why did I do that? Why did I just say yes to this? (laughs) But then we're like a family and it's, it's always, it's always worth it in the end, especially when you see the products that you are involved in or worked on. Yeah. So um, kind of, kind of going in a different direction, um, you know, we all make certain investments, whether that's in ourselves or in our careers or, you know, from a training standpoint or from a learning standpoint or an experiential standpoint. Can you talk about what, what some of the most meaningful things have been in terms of your investment into becoming this, this creative person? Mm, I think my best investment was knowledge and education. I did go to makeup school Um, I don't think that everyone has to go to makeup school to learn technique, but it was really good for me to learn about hygiene and then also the business side. Um, I think it's really important, especially in today's day and age with, you know, COVID and stuff like that. It's super important to have a very sanitized kit um, and to never double dip and have um, disposables, stuff like that to keep everything 100% clean or as clean as possible. I think 100% is kind of hard, but um, I don't know if before COVID people were that focused on keeping their kit clean. And now that's like my number, number one focus. Um, So that's been very helpful. And yeah, going to school helped me learn the business side. I never realized how much, how much people try to get you to work for free in this industry um or um tfp which is time for print a lot of people take advantage of you that way and say um come work come work we'll give you um we'll give you your photos and then call it a day and i don't i don't work for that i work for cash cash money so i learned that to say no and it took it's hard to learn that comp that confidence so i think going to school gave me that confidence to say yes to yes and no to what you only want to do. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a rite of passage, right? The moment you decide you're not taking free work. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I still do like test shoots and stuff like that with um, photographers and stuff like that, that I know, but no, I don't, I don't work for free anymore. No. Here, here. <laughs> Where do you seek inspiration? Hmm. I don't know if I would say that I seek it. I think it definitely, I let it come to me 
Also, just living in New York City is a huge source of inspiration. I'm very inspired by other makeup artists that I know and work with. So that and and the models that I work with, just seeing the stuff that they do. I work with some really, really talented people. And I think just the people around me are the ones that inspire me and help me want to push forward. But I try not to seek it out too much because I feel like if I'm looking for it, then I'm almost I'm trying to like compete or. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely understand that. I don't know. It feels like actively looking for Zen. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Actively looking how to be still. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, that that reminds me, there's a Sylvia Bordstein book called don't just do something, sit there. (laughs) Uh, Which is kind of that sort of absurd Zen kind of concept. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Totally opposite what parents tell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's true for me too. I think the more I seek things, the less I find them. But when I'm just kind of open, they find me. Yeah, I find them without having to like grasp for it, you know, and reach out. Exactly, I feel the same way. And having you know the right environment makes it you know probably a little bit easier too being in the city. Definitely, or you know, at least a little bit more uh, varied. Lots of variety of interesting happenings and humans, creatures. Totally. <laughs> yeah, just think back to what Embla said earlier about being well traveled. It's it's a mindset, right? It's an opening of it's allowing for that inspir- being open for business for inspiration. And that can happen just outside. You know, it doesn't have to be New York City or right. Yeah. Being still allowed to find you. That's really good. Yeah. And it's just way easier too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes. So the person who loves to work out lying down. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's the first time I've ever heard that. It's, it's the best. (laughs) I don't like to work myself too hard because I do want to enjoy still my life um i have a friend that lives this is kind of off topic but i have a friend that lives in a bus and he will go and work for two months out of the year and fight wildfires and make a big chunk of change and then he's just chilling for the rest of the year and i really admire that just to be able to work and then kind of just chill out live your life and then Cause I don't, I don't need that much. I'm not striving to be like some multi-billionaire. I feel really blessed and lucky with my life as it is right now. And I mean, there's always, you can always go up, but I like feeling content and happy with where I am. Cause I have everything I could possibly need right here and now. Wow. <laughs> awesome. I know it is really awesome. Oh, I feel yeah, so no lucky. questions. <laughs> Uh, okay any question anything following that will sound anyway um (laughs) what are you uh what are you working on now next um well we have some we have a father's day campaign coming up at the studio that i work in i work for a fast fashion company um we 
we crank out commercials and marketing stuff for their promos, emails, stuff like that, anything for their website. So we have a Father's Day thing coming up. Um, we just finished a pride shoot and yeah, and then I have a film, um, next month and just kind of whatever comes my way today. I was sitting outside getting some sun and someone contacted me about a two week shoot. That's somewhere in New York. I don't even know where, but just things like that will pop up randomly where, you know, someone's like, Hey, can you come work for these days? And it's either yes or no, and it just kind of falls in my lap. So it's good to be open to it, too, because if I stress out about it and block my schedule too much and try to find, you know, something to occupy my time, then it's going to be too hard to puzzle it all together. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So speaking of being open, um, how can people learn about what you're up to, reach out to, and, you know, find out about working with you? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram. Uh, my handle is emblito, E-M-B-L-I-T-O. And then my email is um, studioemblanyc at gmail. And you can contact me there or, or my website. Everything's really on my Instagram. I think that's the easiest way to get all my links and stuff like that. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Work the gram. Cool. Yeah. I will say I don't, I really don't post that much. I have, I think I'm the opposite of you guys. I have like a weird, I don't know if posting on the internet does make me anxious and kind of stress me out a little bit. I won't lie. So that's why I don't have that much on my Instagram, but I'm always open to chatting about future projects or anything like that. Why is that? I don't know. I think, um, I think people are just too bound to social media, especially within the beauty industry. There's so mm. much perfectionism and competition. Mm. And I've never liked competition. That is mm-hmm. even like playing a card game. When people get too competitive, I'm like, you guys are crazy. Can we stop? This isn't fun anymore. So I just mm-hmm. don't, I don't know. I think I feel when I'm posting on Posting my work on social media, I almost feel like I'm competing in some way, but maybe I just need to let go of that because that, that's like my inner fears. Now that I'm saying it out loud, it definitely is that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's millions of reasons as to why it's such a toxic thing and maybe best to avoid. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, just curious. I, I post on my website and then... You know, if people want to see my work, they can go there. I feel like I just don't really need to post my work where I post social stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's nice. Nice to have those boundaries. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. We're glad you were able to do that. Yeah. All right, we'll see you in Brooklyn. This episode of Artist Inclusive is brought to you by Dash of Copy. Dash of Copy helps artists, writers, and creatives with brand messaging designed to help you manifest your audience, clarify your artist identity, and level up your confidence on the path of creative success. Artist Inclusive is a production of Holland Creative and Dash of Copy. Our audio producer is Dale Isinger.